0: Welcome to Riverside Community Church. My name is Keith Grant. Most of you know me. One of the pastors here, and we are happy to have you here. And I, I want to start this morning. One of the things I love doing um, when I had the opportunity to speak and I had the opportunity to preach is I love to share stories. And I'm actually going to share a story from the Bible this morning. And this is a story, and it's Jesus speaking to his disciples. You guys remember the story when Jesus asked his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is. And their response was, well, Jeremiah, or Elijah, or John the Baptist, or one of the prophets. And then Jesus says to them, but who do you say that I am? And you remember Peter's response. Peter responded by saying, you are the Christ, the Son of the Living God. And Jesus says, You are blessed. He tells them, You are blessed because it wasn't flesh that revealed it to you, it was his Father. So, Jesus, on the one hand, is telling them how blessed they are to know and to be able to say that you are the Christ. But one of the other things that Jesus is doing in that, he's showing them, Look at what other people say who I am, and look at what's been revealed. To you and who you say I am Jesus is showing the importance of the truth of the knowing the truth about who he is the truth of knowing who he is you know I think about my own life and I've shared this with you guys before and I talk about my own faith all the time there was always a struggle for me in my faith because on the one hand my faith and spirituality was something that I did on Sunday. And then I had my real life. See, this is what I would do on Sunday morning. This is what I lived every single day. So I would get like my fix on Sunday when I went to church, and I would feel really good. And then as the week went on, as I started dealing with reality, I started going back into this rut again until I got my fix again on Sunday, you see, the two never really crossed paths in my life because I really didn't see how my faith affected the real world. It was powerless. My faith was powerless for the real world things that I was dealing with every single day. And you know, the reason is, is I had a very, very small view of Jesus. Jesus was powerless in my life. He was good for salvation. But beyond that, when I had a difficulty at work, I was dealing with a difficulty at home, I was dealing with sickness, whatever, Jesus was powerless. I had a very, very small view. And one of the things that we've been talking about in this sermon series called Above, and one of the things that Paul talks about, is that we have hope in Christ. Our hope is in a person. The person Of Jesus it's not this blind faith that we live with every day it's a hope in the person of Christ that's why it's so significant what Jesus tells his disciples because he tells his disciples that there is going to be a bodily resurrection you see he very easily could have said it has been a spiritual resurrection and nobody would have been able to prove it but he said something that they would be able to prove that he was going to rise bodily And he did. He did. What we think about Jesus and who he is ultimately shapes our relationship with him. Who we believe. Jesus is you see the Colossian church when Paul writes this letter they're struggling with many many heresies in the church at the time and people coming in telling them this is what you need to do and Paul wants to get back to basics hey look it's the same thing that we deal with today there are many different ideas and thoughts about who Jesus actually is and we're going to look at Paul's letter today and see specifically what he says and this is what he says This main idea, we're looking at the supremacy and the sufficiency of Christ. Jesus as supreme and Jesus as sufficient. My hope and my prayer today is that once we walk through the scripture, is that we leave with a bigger view of Christ and truly who he is. You guys, let's pray this morning. Father, We pray, Lord, settle our hearts and our mind. Help us to hear from you, Father, what your scripture says about your son, Jesus. Lord, we pray that we wouldn't be just hearers of the word, Lord, but you would reveal to us and show us, Lord, when we understand this and when we see this, what do we do with this, Lord? How does it affect our everyday life and how we're called to live life, Lord? And we pray this, and we ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Guys, this morning we're going to be looking at Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20. Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20. And I want to start off just with verses 15 through 18 to start off. So Colossians 1, verses 15 through 18. And it says this, He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. You see, Paul, as Ezra was walking through last week, and we started with the initial greetings in the letter to the Colossians in Colossians 1, Paul states last week, look, my prayer for you guys, my prayer is that you would know God's will, that you would be strengthened by his power, that you would have this patience and joy that comes as a result of that, and that we would give thanks and give thanks for the redemption that we have and the forgiveness of sins as we've been transferred from a kingdom of darkness into the son's kingdom so paul starts last week and he talks about giving thanks and his prayer for them and now in this scripture right here this probably sets the tone for the rest of the letter this is the meat of the letter right here where he was like let's get down to the reason why i'm writing this letter today it's this the supremacy of jesus and he says we're going to start with the correct view of jesus you see remember it was jesus speaking to his disciple philip and the philip says to him lord show us the father and it is enough for us and jesus responds to him by saying have i been with you so long and you still do not know me philip whoever has seen me has seen the father those are jesus's own words saying i am god if you've seen me you've seen the Father. You see, in this scripture right here, Paul uses a Greek word called icon. It's this idea of image. And it's, it's this idea of a reflection. It's like a likeness. like It's a reflection in a mirror. And this idea of like a manifestation that God is being fully revealed in Jesus. It's not that Jesus is like God. Jesus is God. And that's where Paul starts off with. So he starts off with who jesus is and he starts off with his deity jesus is god now why is paul saying this because there are those coming into the church and what they're teaching is number one they denied the fullness of god in christ jesus is a semi-divine being jesus is semi-divine he is not god They denied that as a Christian, you are complete in Christ. What does that mean? Is that if I give my life to Christ, that is still not enough. That there's additional things that you must do. You have to do additional things to heighten your spirituality. Things like circumcision. We worship angels. We observe feasts and festivals. And we do things like ascetic restrictions, which is don't eat this, drink this, don't drink this. Now, when you do all those things, now this is how you heighten your spirituality. But Jesus is not enough. You know what's interesting? Early this year, we went to the book of Judges. It was very easy to find idol worship. Right? You look at these false gods that they're worshiping. It's very, very easy to pick out. But you know what happens sometimes? Sometimes, godliness can be, appear very subtle. You see, there are certain things that can appear to be godly with just some subtle changes. It has the appearance of godliness, but it doesn't uphold Christ as being supreme, and it doesn't uphold Christ as being enough for salvation and for your faith in growing in godliness. And that's the trap that many of us fall into right now, is we don't have a correct view of who Jesus is because we believe that everyone is correct. Everything is correct. There are many different paths to the Father, to God. And we do not esteem Jesus as being supreme or sufficient. So what Paul starts off in this letter right now is he's telling the people, Jesus is God. He is deity. So he starts off right there, and then he begins to provide proof, which we see in the other scriptures, which he says, number one, he's the firstborn of creation. What does that mean? Well, first of all, Jesus was not created. It's this idea of firstborn of creation is this exalted position, this position of supremacy. When you look at Jewish culture, the firstborn was someone who was favored and who inherited leadership. So what it's saying is, as the firstborn, he is head of all. He is favored. So he says, as firstborn of creation, all things were created by Christ. And he lists heaven under heaven and earth, visible, invisible, thrones, dominions, rules, authorities, everything that was created was created by him. Everything. These angels that we worship... They were created by Christ. Nothing that was created was not created by Jesus. Everything that was created was created through him. Those of you that attended the uh, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit small group that we had, you would understand this. Is basically that the Son was carrying out the plans and the direction of the Father. That Jesus created everything, and it was through Jesus that everything was created. Everything was created by him. Everything was created through him. Everything was created for him. Everything that we see in life finds its purpose in Jesus. Christ is the goal of life. Christ is the goal of life. By him, through him, for him. He was before all things, which means he wasn't created, that Jesus was with the Father, And the Holy Spirit, before creation, that he didn't get created as they believed, he was before, and in him all things hold together. It's Jesus who sustains and unites all things in creation. God gave life to everything through Christ. That's why he is the firstborn of creation. So we see that. And then he transfers and says, He's also the firstborn from death to resurrection. He is the firstborn of the church. Right? This idea of being spiritually dead and then being alive in Christ. New creation starts with him believers when you place your faith in christ and what he did on the cross and his death and resurrection you become a new creation you are now filled with his life the body which is the church all believers is the fullness of jesus and it's your guarantee of resurrection that i know is upon my death and that one day i will be with christ in heaven because of what he has done jesus has redeemed that which he has created. You see this idea of creation in both. He is the firstborn of creation, initial creation, everything. And he's also the firstborn of the recreation, which are believers, which are those who are spiritually dead, dead in their sin. He is the firstborn of those also. Paul is starting deep. And what he's saying is, Jesus is much much deeper than just a man than just a prophet than just somebody who came to say a few good things you see there were those coming in the church saying jesus he's semi-divine and he lacks authority and what paul is saying no you see it's the same thing that we see today jesus he's a good person jesus he's a prophet He's got some good sayings that we need to listen to. And sin has led us so far that people even denied Jesus even existed. Everything is created by him. And yet we say, did Jesus even really exist? That's how far we've gone because of sin. Jesus is supreme because he is God. And as God, He gives life for creation and redemption. Jesus is the Creator who entered His creation. He is the image of the invisible God. And now when you look through the Scriptures and you see Jesus performing miracles, now it makes sense because now when He stops the wind and He heals the blind and He raises a dead man, how does He do that? He's God. He created everything. And He has the power to give life. The question for us this morning as we start off, who do you say God is? Who do you believe Christ is? Is Jesus supreme in your life? Do you look at Jesus as God? Is He first and foremost over everything? is he supreme or have we relegated him to a lesser than christ because we just don't think he is supreme in our life our view of christ determines who is first in our lives you see these verses 15 through 18 what paul is starting with starting off with a bang jesus is supreme he is god He has created all things. He sustains all things. And he is the firstborn over creation. And he is firstborn over those who have been redeemed to new life, the church. So Paul starts here because Paul understood the significance of Jesus' supremacy over everything. And then he moves his argument and says, now this is what it means. This is verses 19 and 20. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. So Paul starts with the lordship of Christ, and he says, as a result of him being God, he's sufficient. He is sufficient everything see in verse 19 what he says is the fullness of god's presence was pleased to dwell in christ that when we see christ in the scriptures when we see christ walking around that is the fullness of god's presence in him god is with us and god was with them in christ you don't need anybody else because what else do you need more than god So what he's saying is all of God's presence, the fullness of God's presence is in Jesus. That's why he is sufficient. That's why he is enough. So I want you to hold on to that point right there. And then you look at verse 20, and it's this idea of making peace between God and all creation. You see when he says, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. It's this idea that something went wrong in creation. And there needed to be a reconciliation. But you see what the idea says? is It's not us that initiates the, rec- the reconciliation. It's God who does it. We don't have the power to reconcile ourselves with God. Jesus is the one that makes it right again. How does he do it? Through his blood. He does it through the cross. Through his death and resurrection. God Had to reconcile everything in creation to himself. The Colossians, they were infiltrated with people coming in saying, Jesus is not enough. You got to do these extra things. His death and resurrection, it's not enough. It's not enough for salvation, and it's not enough for this idea of sanctification, becoming more and more growing in your faith and growing in holiness. Jesus is not enough. You got to do these other things and paul is like no he is enough he is absolutely enough that's exactly for example you look at islam today that's exactly what islam says islam says jesus is a prophet he didn't die on the cross he was switched it's saying jesus is not supreme because jesus never claimed to be god and jesus isn't sufficient because you need to work yourself and you need to do good things for your life throughout your life to get salvation and to go to heaven. That's exactly what it's talking about. And that's exactly what Paul's addressing here. Is this idea that Jesus isn't supreme and he's not sufficient enough. Jesus is supreme because he's God. Therefore, he is sufficient because only God can restore. And it's only Christ who is able to help you grow spiritually. You don't need anything else. You don't need anyone else. It's Jesus and Jesus alone. And when you add verses 19 and 20, what it says is, in Jesus, the fullness of God dwells. And it's through Jesus that God chose to reconcile everything to himself. God initiated the reconciliation because we were powerless to do it ourselves. And if we believe in a lesser Jesus, then he's powerless. A lesser Jesus has no power in our lives and has no power to redeem us from sin, from the bondage of sin. You see, it's only God that has the power to create where there was nothing. It's only God that has the power to start life where there is no life. It's only God that has the power to give life to that which is dead. And it's only God that has the power to redeem those lost in sin. Only God can do that. And that's who Jesus is. And He did it through Jesus' death and resurrection. It's His death and resurrection that showed the power over the grave. And it was in Christ. That's why Paul is starting right there. So when you understand, when you look at John 14 and what Jesus says in light of what Paul is saying right here, now it begins to make sense because Jesus says to Thomas, he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. What Jesus is telling him is, I am the way. I am the only path to heaven and to the Father. I am the truth. I am the source of all truth. I am the truth about life. I am the truth about God. I am the truth about everything. And I am the life. Jesus is the source of life. And all of life finds purpose in him. Why? Because Jesus is the great I am. He is God. It's only Jesus' supremacy and his sufficiency that can create the world and have power over it it's a supremacy and a sufficiency that has the power to give life where there was no life it's a supremacy and a sufficiency that has the power to break us from the sin and the negative powers in our lives and it's a supremacy and a sufficiency that can restore what's been broken only God can do that and that's who Christ is and we get that by placing our faith in the one whom God's fullness was pleased to dwell, Jesus, by placing our faith in Christ and what he's done on the cross. What does that mean for us? Number one, the first takeaway is this. Jesus is supreme. Do you believe that he is supreme over everything, or do you believe that he's a lesser than Christ? He was a good guy, had a couple good sayings, told me how to live life. Other than that, he is powerless over my life. Do you believe he is God? Do you believe he is above all else? Do you believe that he is firstborn and has a right to leadership, not over creation, over your own life too? Our lives and how we live every day is a reflection that Jesus is supreme, that he has power over sin, that He has power over bondage to sin, and that He has power over everyday situations that we face. Jesus as Creator is bigger than everything that we face every single day. And it's Jesus as Creator and Jesus as Redeemer that bridges the gap between spirituality and real life. Why? Because he, who we look at in terms of spirituality, created everything. And not only did he create it, he actually entered into creation, into our real life. Do you live every day with the idea that Jesus is ultimately concerned about everything in your life and has the power over everything in your life? Or do you relegate Jesus to just spiritual things? He has no power over my finances, no power over my family, no power over my job. Is he supreme over everything? Because we fall into the same exact trap when we look at Jesus as a lesser than Christ. So the first thing is Jesus' supremacy. And if we believe Jesus is supreme, then we also believe that Jesus is sufficient for everything. Jesus has the power to give life because only God can give new life. Jesus is God. And he's the only path to salvation. There is nothing else needed. Jesus was specific about it himself. I am the way. He is the only way to get to heaven and to get to God. Nothing else is needed. Nobody else is needed. It's faith in Jesus, period. That's what Paul is saying. Faith in Jesus, period because only Jesus has the ability to finish what he started creation redemption and to make you more and more like himself you don't need to try and do other things and apply other things it's him and it's only him we need nothing else supremacy sufficiency you see in our lives we have purpose and we have hope because supremacy and sufficiency through christ both deal with creation and life know that god created you and when you place your faith in christ you have this redemption salvation why because god gave you purpose purpose life new life and it's to be fulfilled in being like his son all things find purpose in christ because he was the one that created you he was the one that redeemed you and he was the one that loves you and we live lives that point others to him as the source of life and we keep our eyes always focused on above on christ pray with me